goes, he's wide open. Who was on him? And I go, Sneed. And uh, I was like, been on him all game. He fucking stinks. He's given up three touchdowns at this point. And he's like, I never even saw him. I was like, yeah, just wait. Once he gets tackled, two guys come, and yes. then you see Sneed come into the picture. He's that far behind him. Uh, just pathetic. Burrow uh, should have a field day against his secondary. All right, welcome to the 22nd episode of the Gridiron Podcast. It's your host, Colin, as usual, joined by my eating friend, Evan. Uh, I'll throw it to Newman while Evan finishes chewing. Newman, how are you today, buddy? I'm good. I just had my dinner. We're, we're munching on these pods. It's good. Yeah, late. it's it's late for dinner. It's 8 p.m., but Bruins are on at 10, so it's going to be a late night anyways. Uh, gearing up for it. Dan, how are you tonight? Pretty good. Um, have my first PT appointment tomorrow for the injured wing. So pretty excited. Um, but otherwise, can't complain. Nice. Get some mobility back. And Evan takes another bite, even though he knew I was coming to him next. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I got, I got a clear mouth now. <laughs> good. Glad to hear it. Uh, so before we move into our recap games, and there's certainly plenty to talk about, uh, we'll go over some news first. This week, Sean Payton steps down. Kind of surprising. He's got the, uh, the the movie coming out about himself pretty soon with Kevin James. Um, and then Minnesota and Chicago also hired GMs. Uh, not sure if you guys have any thoughts on that or any of that. Go ahead, Dan. Um, just to hit on Sean Payton, um, it, it was a very stressful year um, for New Orleans, it seemed. So, it like, I'm not surprised that he's stepping away and he didn't want to use the word retire because um, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a retirement. I do think he'll come back to coaching, but it just seems maybe it's been a lot of stress on him. I mean, you have the pandemic and then you're trying to deal with what the Saints have kind of gone through with injuries. Drew Brees retiring They're, They got a whole cap situation coming up. It, it, it just seems like maybe it's too much for Sean Payton's plate right now. Um, and I mean, I know there's a lot of rumors that maybe he's going to go to Dallas in a, in a year or two when the contract's up, they could get rid of Mike McCarthy. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. But uh, I mean, New Orleans Saints, they're going to be in a huge rebuild mode over the next couple of years. I mean, that cap situation and losing a coach like that, it, it's just bound to happen. Um, and then for the GM hirings, I mean, you could, for the Bears, at least, it looks like the enemy maybe is now going to be like a lead candidate with them uh, snagging somebody from Casey's front office. And um, I'm trying to remember the Minnesota guy that they just hired. It seems like he's from Cleveland. So I don't know if there's any direct link that you could say would be the head candidate. It kind of seems Minnesota's just interviewing everybody and anybody. So um, it doesn't seem like any clear indication there. So that's all I got. Now quickly, before we get to Connor, excuse me, I would ask Evan, how would you feel about Sean Payton at Dallas as a big Dallas fan this year? Well, I wouldn't consider myself a Dallas fan. I find that very disrespectful. Well, um, uh, uh, excuse me. You were on their bus, shall I say, for, all for the fucking last year. year. For, just for this year. Because, oh, so you're just off now? Because I think it was partly because everyone – It was. I think it was only because of the reaction that I received, which is why I just piggybacked on that. It's like, fuck you guys. I'm just going <laughs> to ride this out. It failed. It failed me, but I think it was just because of the reaction I received. We Fair tried enough. to tell so, you. We tried to warn you. You did. You gave me very, very many warning signs, uh, and you told me that it would happen, and it did. Both kindly and unkindly, but yeah. Right. Newman, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, now you're gonna, you might get a tattoo for supporting the wrong team. Um, I guess Sean Payton. I didn't see much of the press conference. I saw that he gave the owner a cake, which was kind of cool. Um, it was just really weird. Um, I like the the Vikings hire. I know he's worked with Andrew Barry, who I really like. Um, and I saw today on Twitter, funny enough, the, both the Bears and the Giants posted videos of their GMs stepping out of their car and walking into the building at around the same time. It was very creepy. Um, but at least for those two, they haven't committed to Daniel Jones like the Giants guy just did. So they are already winning in my book uh, as good hires. 
and we'll see how it goes with uh, the head coach search. Look, I don't want to hear the committing to Daniel Jones slander, and this is not at all because I like him or think he's good, but as a new GM, I really don't think you can get away with getting rid of a guy you spent the fifth overall pick on. I, I just don't think you can do that. But it's not the quarterback you drafted. So what connection do you have to this guy? It's your team now. It's going to be a new head coach. Why, why do you have to stay loyal to this guy? He's not your player. That's, that's fair. But my counter to that, Dan, is, is there one quarterback in this draft that you would be dead set on building a team around over Daniel Jones? Would you be willing to spend another first round pick on a quarterback this year just to get rid of Jones and find his replacement? Um, I think you could find a lot of veterans. Um, if you improve this offensive line that can make that offense work, the defense is already, there's pieces there that I think you can make work, especially if you bring back Patrick Graham, if you go get a veteran quarterback, that's not Daniel Jones. I I think this Giants team has a chance to compete in the NFC East. I really do. Fair enough. So then who's, who's a good suitor in your mind? That is a great question. I know. (laughs) I know the rumor out there was that the Giants were going to hire Brian Flores and then try and make a move for Deshaun Watson, but everybody's into Deshaun Watson rumors nowadays because it seems the legal case is just nowhere to be seen. So I, I don't know. It's missing. Dan, I would, I would ask you real quick, is your mic fully plugged in? It's a little staticky when you're talking. I'm not sure if I'm the only one who's picking up on that. I'll try and fix it. Yeah, that was better. It was much better. Um, I think that's all I had. Recap games. Oh, I'd like to oh. just say a couple things. Sure. One, Dan talked about the rebuild. Um, you got to think that they will trade Michael Thomas in the offseason. So he's a guy to really kind of look out for. And secondly, I think Sean Payton goes into broadcasting, honestly. I don't think he's going to coach again. You can leave broadcasting, you know. Yeah, I think, I think that's a million yeah, bucks. I think that's, I think that's where he's going to go. I'm not going to say he won't come back eventually later, but I think that is where he will wind up going for a little while. I think he'd be great at it. I do too, but I, I don't know. Dan made a great point with all the stress. I think it makes sense for him to take a year, be with his family, be a dad. I know he's got kids, so. He got COVID too, right? Yeah, yeah it was a tough run for Sean Payton the last few years. And he really was the only guy, similar to Mike Domlin, keeping their teams afloat with the shitbag rosters they were stuck with. Uh, anyways, let's move on to the recap games. The first one is mine. It is the Rams-Tampa Bay game. Uh, I really didn't watch much of this game. It was kind of Rams all game until like the last three minutes. Uh, Rams were up 27-13. With three minutes to go, Tampa had no timeouts. Somehow the Rams squandered their lead. The Bucks scored two touchdowns in like less than two minutes or just over two minutes. Rams get the ball back around 40 seconds. Stafford's able to find Cup twice, way downfield the second time to set them up in chip shot field goal range for Matt Gay. He knocks it through. Tom Brady sent home. The Bucks sent home. Sean McVay and Matt Stafford uh, yet again for McVay, at least proving he can win in big situations. Stafford adding a huge win to what I think is a very good resume throughout his career, despite the uh, long stint on the Detroit Lions um but they move on face San Francisco this upcoming weekend this was a great game uh I don't know if you guys have any thoughts I will say quickly I predicted Rams 31 28 uh so yeah Shannon Sharp said uh the exact score on a gay game winning field goal I thought that was crazy when I saw that video um for me it was just like the Rams almost tried to lose this game between the two acres fumbles one on the goal line that last one the game is field goal from 47 yards that fell short. Um, and then there was that wild snap over Stafford's head. Just like everything was starting to go wrong. And I was just crazy. Um, you know, I do think that the more deserving team won. So. Yeah, I think um, I actually didn't watch much of this game either until the end when it, it got really good. I mean – I don't know why Akers was in there again after the fumble. Like, Sonny Michelle was nowhere to be found from what I saw on the stat sheet. That was a little strange um, concerning the success he had at the back half of the year. Um, they let Brady back into it. Ramsey decided he didn't want to play corner on that Evans touchdown. It was very strange. Uh, but Mackey decided to actually kick field goals uh, in the final minute 
instead of kicking them short like a wuss. So one step closer to the tattoo for the boys. Um, I guess quickly for me, just the takeaway. I mean, this is kind of what, at least early in the season, I expected out of Matt Stafford and the Rams, at least the first half Rams. Um, just it, it goes to show how good Matthew Stafford is. Um, he was my MVP pick early in the year. He comes from Detroit where he couldn't win anything. He finally gets with a good team, and now he's in the NFC Championship game. Just goes to show how talented this guy is. Um, and they got that big lead, um, but my roommates were saying something like the spread. Um, the live spread was like minus 14 and a half for the Rams at half. And I, I told them they better hammer that uh, that buck spread because there's no way Tom Brady was going to go out in a blowout and he almost comes back, wins it, got a lot of help from the defense, obviously, but um, just kind of a, a weird way for Tampa to go out. I feel um, obviously a very talented team, but this could be a team that's looking at a huge rebuild with all the free agents they have and Tom Brady uh, possibly retiring. So kind of weird for what Tampa could be in a year. You got to think that Godwin is probably going to leave, right? That's the expectation. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, like, if Tom Brady leaves, you're now freeing up $20 million. I don't know what other free agents they have. It's it's somebody that they've drafted. Uh, it's not like somebody they just kind of picked up off the street to play with Brady. Like, this was a guy that was brought into the organization pre-Tom Brady. So, it, it seems like he's probably going to leave. That's kind of how it seemed, especially with them franchi- franchise tagging him last year. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's back with um, some cash kind of coming in with all these free agents leaving. Real quick, two things. Um, Matt Gay's face after he missed that 47 yarder was awesome. He was just dumbfounded that it didn't make it far enough. It was almost like he thought he was closer and, and like just didn't kick it as hard as he needed to. Um, and then second thing, around the table real quick, I just want one word. Brady, staying or going? Evan? Staying. Staying. Uh, going. I think he's going as well. Wow. I think it's a family decision. I think Giselle's had enough. The kids finally want their dad at home. I mean, this is the most we've ever heard Brady just really consider retirement. I mean, he's been on radios just like really hammering the whole family aspect. It it feels like it's a real thing now. Yeah. When I saw uh, what he said on the radio, I believe it was yesterday or two days ago, about how Giselle just gets really upset to watch him get hit at all. And, and, you know, it is to the point where the guy's 45 years old. He wants to be a dad, and he has to protect his body at some point if he ever wants to be able to fucking play catch with his kids or grandkids. Like, eventually, you got to cut it, shut it down. I think it just makes sense. Then you'd have to gear up for a whole nother run, a whole nother season. And, and then if they lose again, with all the free agent concerns, as Dan pointed out, like, it just seems like too much for him to be willing to step back into. And I also saw Gronk said if he had to decide today, uh, he would also be retiring. So we'll I see. It just would suck to see him go out like that. To, to make that comeback and then lose, it's just like, oh, like, I just want to see him back. I think it's I full circle. I, I think it's full circle. He comes in and makes big comebacks, and that's his legacy, and he goes out coming up just short. Yeah, um, I know a lot of people, like Evan's just saying, that like they want him to go out like uh, with a Super Bowl championship, but like not everybody gets how Peyton Manning did it. Not every legend goes out that way. I mean, it, it just doesn't usually happen. Um, I mean, we're two years from the day, but Kobe Bryant with his final game, like not every legend goes out on top. Some do, but unfortunately some don't. I mean, yeah, I think Dan Marino's last game with the Dolphins was a 50-point blowout in the wildcard game. It just happens sometimes. So, yeah, they lost to the Bills. Oh, shut the fuck up. Big Ben got his ass handed to him by the Chiefs. He did. Yeah. It was very yeah. satisfying. Yeah, it was. Fuck Big Ben. Uh, next game on the list Cincinnati upset over Tennessee. Predicted by me, by the way. Yeah, I know, Colin. It was an absolutely wild ending uh, in Nashville last weekend. Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Newman, I'm sorry, but I just I don't think he's a top ten core. I don't think he was a top ten quarterback this year, and really proved it in this game. Uh, trying to force a pass in on third down, um, obviously he was kind of bobbled and picked again. Just a costly mistake. He threw three on the day, and that gave Cincinnati great field position, obviously in that 16-16 game. And then it was just so funny to watch this because 
Burrow's like taking a knee, losing two yards when the kick was already from 50. I was like, you're making it further for McPherson. Dude apparently just has a big cock and just comes on and just drills the fucking field goal. And now he's talking all over radio and everything that he's, it's almost like he's like Vinatieri now in his eyes. I just thought that was funny. Um, came on, drilled the field goal. Um, my takeaway is that I think it's fair to say Ryan Tannehill is holding the Titans back from a Super Bowl. I think it is fair to say. I think it's fair to suggest, Colin, he wasn't a top 10 quarterback Dude. in his playoffs. It's, it's, it's valid statement. Two of those picks were on the receiver. Two of them were dropped. And, again, uh, I don't know who said it. Someone said it on this podcast. Derrick Henry was – someone expected him to be good. He was a non-factor. Well, I didn't know he had a steel plate in his foot. Tamp, uh, ter- uh, Tennessee has never been capable of winning without Derrick Henry. Brian Tannehill is not the problem. They can win when they have the two of them. They just can't win without Henry. I, I just – I think Tannehill, like, he's different now than he was a, a, a two, three years ago. There's just something going on there. I think it – I don't think as long as he's on that team, they, they will not be in a Super Bowl. I would book that. Yeah, because the rest of the AFC is better. Well, their defense is terrific. I mean, and they have weapons. Hopefully Julio gets back. Uh, and obviously Henry. I just, again, I don't I, – I, there's just something there. I don't know what Connor and Dan think, but that's just my take. I, I think he held them back a little bit. Or it does hold them back. Yeah. Um, I have to agree. I mean, Tannehill is just, he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Um, he's just a game manager. Um, and we're kind of seeing now you really can't win with the game manager. Um, you look at the quarterbacks left. Um, I know Jimmy G is still there, but um, it, it kind of seems he's just an anomaly because he's been to this, could be to the Super Bowl uh, in the two of the past three years. But um, I, I just think Tannehill, like, He'll have some highlights, but I just don't know if he could give you that next edge to really get you to a Super Bowl. So I'd have to agree. Yeah, um, I may regret putting him in my top 10. Um, But Evan McPherson is slowly climbing into my top 10 favorite players. Uh, That kid's got fucking balls of steel, and I fucking love it. Um, He's a beast. Uh, Fuck Joe Burrow for making it this far, but gotta respect the Bengals they've pulled down my Super Bowl uh, contender Titans uh, so looks like it's a clear path for the Rams now no just kidding but good for the Bengals um, good for that city oh absolutely um, but one note I wanted to make um, you can't buy an Evan McPherson jersey because they are sold out yeah I looked I was going to buy one they're gone you cannot buy one. The city of Cincinnati in all of America probably has bought their Evan McPherson jerseys. So Is really this dude America's favorite kicker? <laughs> probably America's no. favorite player behind Joe Burrow. I well, mean, dude, when when you fucking when you got Joe Burrow in the after game press conference saying, "Yeah, he walked up to me and said, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship.'" Well, that's why I said right before said, oh. he kicked. Yeah, I know. Well, we they, all agree on yeah. that. They are Twitter. How, how do you not like the guy? Their Twitter's America's team, uh, as Carabas had the Mariners as America's team back in the day. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, which is fucking awesome. But we yeah. love it. I, I had the Bengals it. this far, and I fucking love it. And I'm thinking about picking them this week too. Oh God, thinking oh, about no. it. I'm oh, thinking no. about it. Um, their opponent this week will be the Kansas City Chiefs. Newman, tell us a little bit about that fucking amazing game. Yeah, I mean, it might be the greatest game I've ever watched in my entire life. I thought it couldn't get better than that that Week 18 game, and then it just got better. Um, I mean, so I have three things to put on this game. One, why the fuck are you having Tyler Bass kick out of the end zone with 13 seconds left? That makes no fucking sense to me. You could have run four, five seconds off the clock and probably end with the ball in the same spot. Second... Why are you playing pre-bent with 13 seconds left? This isn't Madden. It's not going to coach suggest you to play man up three deep. Run something fucking smarter, you dumbass. And three, I have no sympathy for the Bills fans who are like, oh, the overtime rules are shit. Because after the Chiefs got fucked by this rule four years ago, they tried to change it and got outvoted 30 to 1. And it sounds familiar because Tampa, the Lightning, tried to change that dumb cap rule like five years ago and got outvoted 30 to 1. And then went on to win the cup, and now everyone's bitching at them. So I have no sympathy for you fuckers who just didn't close these rules and are now getting shot on by them. So fuck you, Bills. I feel for Josh Allen. He played unreal. Um, 
but unreal game. Um, so I have to agree about it being the greatest game I've ever watched. Um, uh, so I'll set the scene. I'm in my dorm with my roommates um, and some kids that live across the hall. We're all playing a game of poker. Uh, two of my roommates have the Bills money line. Um, so you can imagine they start making the comeback and then they finally get ahead. We're going crazy, right? How much on it? Do you um, know how much they put on it? Not a lot. Um, no more than only $10 or something, but they're going to make some money. Um, but so obviously the, the bills get the lead and then the chiefs take the lead back. We're like, what the hell? Like the Tyree touchdown literally sent them over the edge. They're upset. And then Josh Allen comes down the field and throws a touchdown with 13 seconds left. They're going crazy again. And then they get in field goal range. It, it just silent. Like, but some of us that didn't have money, we were still like in awe. Like that, did this really just happen? Um, but then they go to OT and the coin flip. Uh, happens. Casey gets the ball. They leave the room. They don't, they don't care. They know it's over. Um, the, the OT rules. I mean, it, how I see it, it should be if team A gets the ball and goes down, scores a touchdown, team B should be able to get the ball, go down and score a touchdown. And then it's sudden death. I feel like that would be the easiest quick fix. Move the minute from 10 minutes to 15 minutes, one score, two score, if it's touchdowns and then go to sudden death, I feel like that's just the easiest way. Cause then both defenses are on the field. Both offenses are on the field, which everybody wants. And it just solves a lot of issues. I feel, and this could be only a playoff rule because a game has to end and not a tie. So if you want to save some time in the regular season, keep it how it is. But I feel like that's the easiest way without some of these dumb rules. I see like, Oh, let's get a fourth and 15 and you got to get as many yards and play tug. Like I see people like offering like tug of war, like in that, like that is the dumbest proposal i have ever seen just fix it add one extra possession it, it doesn't have to be that hard add an extra possession it's easy don't tell me tug no. of war won't be the sickest shit ever <laughs> that'd be so stupid i think you know it would be cool and i know this would never happen i love dan's idea by the way but wouldn't it be awesome like each team gets a possession whatever say like they both score touchdowns and then it's kind of like instead of kind of the next team the, t- the team should, like, alternate, like, throwing to the end zone, like, from the 20-yard line or something like that. that I feel like that would be kind of hype. No, like, one that's play. fucking dumb. I don't that's think it's a- football. Uh, my thought is, like, th- this, this game was just so good. It's number two on my list. Obviously, it's a pass yeah. fan 28-3. It's the best game I've ever seen. Um, but it, to me, it's not even so much about the rule. It's just, like, the NFL just lost so much fucking money they could have made from that game going on longer. Like that was so fucking good. Everyone in America was watching that game. Everyone who knew that I liked sports was texting me. Are you watching this game? Like it was insane. Everyone was into it. And for it to just end like that, like there's no satisfaction in that from a fan standpoint and not even as a neutral fan. I I mean, I was rooting for Buffalo, but really I didn't give a fuck who won. I I wanted Buffalo because I was right. And then I hate my homes. But other than that, like, who gives a shit? It's not the Pats. I don't care. So to me, like the NFL, you're just losing out on shit you could gain things from. Like if that game goes on longer, you get more entertainment, more viewers and more fucking media buzz. Everyone was talking about that game and it ended in one possession. Imagine if it ended in six because those guys weren't done scoring. No, I agree. And I think, um, when you like that tweet that came out where the, the team that wins the coin toss is 10 and one. And like, while it's like 52% in the regular season, I mean, all the offenses are good in the playoffs. So it, it makes sense that it's that way. And I think I like Dan's suggestion. Uh, I also saw like rock, paper, scissors floated around instead of the coin toss, which is kind of dumb. I'm a big proponent of that. You march the two kickers out there and make them duel it out um, as a kicker fan. But I, I think everyone else would rather see the offenses on the field. Uh, each at least once um, in some kind of fashion because we got robbed. And I saw that tweet that I sent you guys. It's like the visiting team in baseball going out and scoring a run and the game just ending. (laughs) That's what it felt like. I was like – It's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. I was like, oh, Josh Allen, you better call heads. And he landed the coin landed, and I was like, oh, the game's over. That's tough. Yeah, real quick, uh, before we move on, Evan and I were watching this game together, and uh, 
Gabe Davis obviously had a fucking gigantic game with the four touchdowns over 200 receiving yards, but we're watching and like, it, I can't remember what play it was. It wasn't a touchdown, but he got good yards, like 25, 30 yards. And, and Evan goes, he's wide open. Who was on him? And I go, Sneed. And uh, he's been, I was like, he's been on him all game. He fucking stinks. He's given up three touchdowns at this point. And he's like, I never even saw him. I was like, yeah, just wait. Once he gets tackled, two guys come and yes. then you see Sneed come into the picture. He's that far behind them. Uh, just pathetic. Uh, Burrow should have a field day against the secondary. Especially Snead. Uh, real quick, uh, you guys have done a great job explaining things. I love Dan's um, proposal there. Um, two things. Uh, well, one, Josh Allen, nine touchdowns, 14 incompletions this postseason. Simply incredible. Um, I think it's about time Biennemi gets a head coaching job. Leslie Frazier, that really probably hurt his odds. Um, but, again, just unbelievable. Like Colin said, I mean, this was a game where everyone was just blowing up your phone. Like, you know, people like I haven't even talked to in, like, months were texting me. I was like, well. One more quick thing. Uh, I did see Josh Allen. Highest passer rating in playoff history. Uh, he was, like, one point ahead of two guys. It was Joe Montana and Bart Starr, and they both won the Super Bowl that year that they had such high pass rating. So, and real quick, unfortunate. Colin, how about his frame, too? I didn't know he was 6'4", 6'5", 240. I did not know he weighed almost 250 pounds. I did not know that. I had to look that up. I was, like, blown away when I saw that. Well, you asked me, and I said 6'4", 240. Yeah. And then I, I looked it up to confirm. I was just shocked by that. This guy's a big boy. Well, there's a reason why coming out of uh, Wyoming as a raw prospect, everyone was kind of googly eye over this guy. 6'4", 240, can run the ball, and he's got a cannon of an arm. I mean, how do you how do you fuck that up? Unless you're Jacksonville. Seriously. Or the Browns and Jets for not drafting the guy. Anyway. Uh, I'll be honest. I was the guy that said Josh Rosen would be the best of, out of the group. I will admit that. I, although I did say Lamar Jackson would be good, so. Fair. Uh, Dan, you have our last recap game. It was probably the second most boring, I'd say. I think Cincinnati, Tennessee was the most boring. Uh, the San Francisco Green Bay game. I will have to disagree with you that this was definitely the most boring. Um, I think Evan sent the text because he wasn't watching the game and said, this seems like a crazy game. No, the last five minutes of this game was a crazy game. Everything else before that and besides the first drive was absolutely horrible football to watch. Um, obviously green Bay gets that first drive. Um, and I thought it was going to be a good game from there. Jimmy G decides he doesn't really want to play quarterback. Um, doesn't really play that well, but Aaron Rodgers also decided he didn't want to win a super bowl, I guess. And, and he played one of his worst games. Um, it, I mean, what this game really comes down to is Aaron Rodgers just can't get it done in the postseason. He doesn't trust wide receivers outside of Adams and Jones um, I mean, there was a clip and it was Colin Coward actually pointing it out. Um, but he, like Devonte Adams was running a post and Alan Lazard was running a crosser and Adams is double covered. Lazard is wide open and guess where Aaron Rodgers does it. He throws it into double coverage. Adams doesn't catch it and they have to go punt the ball. Like you got to eventually, and this is kind of what Brady was at the end of his tenure in new England. Like you got to trust the guys that aren't superstars. Like if a guy's open, you, you got to throw to the open guy. Stop like being like egotistic and just throwing to the guy that you like and who's a superstar. Like, yes, he probably could win that jump ball, but just get the yards and get the first down. Like you need to win this game. Um, but besides that, I mean, the Niners defense is playing on a different level right now. Um, and the Packers special teams really fucked that game up. I mean, they gave the Niners a 13-point swing, basically, and the Niners hadn't even scored 13 points yet. Like, just just a terrible game, and that special teams coordinator is definitely being fired. Yeah. Um, I don't have too much to add to this game. I thought it was interesting just watching San Francisco's defense. They were fun to watch. Uh, to stymie Rodgers like that, you could see how frustrated he was. Honestly, I was not too impressed with the play calling from Green Bay. Felt like they should have gotten the running backs involved more, especially running the ball. I know Jones had uh, nine catches for 130 yards, but only 12 carries. I feel like he could have gotten the ball more, especially with what he was doing through the air. And just uh, take, some the the pressure, take some of the pressure off Rodgers. Yeah, the pass rush was good from San Francisco when it needed to be. 
and Dan, I get what you're saying, but also like those guys just don't get open like Adams does. So it's hard for Rogers to, to want to look their way. Right. If they're usually covered, I mean, I'd say Lazard and MBS are top out at a wide receiver three. Like I'd agree, but at the same time, just cause they don't get open all the time. Doesn't mean that when you're going through your progression that they all of a sudden do pop open. Like, like Aaron Rodgers is a smart quarterback. Like if some, like we see, he doesn't turn the ball over, like go through your progression. If he ends up being open, throw the fucking ball. Like you don't yeah. need to just assume he's not going to get open and throw it in the double coverage to your superstar receiver. Like that, that's on you as a quarterback. Fair enough. Anything from you two? Yeah, real quick. Uh, two things to add. <clears throat> One, you guys mentioned the Niners defense. I know Dan sent that uh, Twitter link to the chat about Demeco Ryan's getting uh, an opportunity to interview with uh, Minnesota. I think he's got a chance to get that job, to be quite honest with you. I saw that, um, you know, some guy from Pro Football Focus, like, had him going there today. Like, I would not be surprised to see them maybe do that. Uh, and I think he's deserving of at least a look. Um, just going off of Dan's other point about the receivers, like, outside of Aaron Jones, Adams, nine for 90. Second, uh, outside of Jones, uh, Lazard, one catch for six yards. I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. Well, I think Jones and Adams both uh, – there was like 10 and 11 targets, and Rodgers yeah. only threw it 29 times. So I don't really have much to add on this game. It was a, a bad – pretty boring game. Bad day for special teams uh, for the brand, as Pat McAfee would say. So They're calling this like the best weekend of fo- – no, it was the best day of football like ever. On Sunday. Sunday was where it was at. Saturday, like wh- these people are trying to lump those two games into the two games on Sunday. No, that's just it's wrong. Well, the endings were great in the Saturday games, but I agree. With like you. I agree. just Sunday was on a different level. I agree. Uh, focus games now. So only two games this week, obviously, with four teams left. So we'll each be uh, – Telling how one team could win this matchup. First game, Cincinnati traveling to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. Uh, if I'm Cincinnati, my game plan is to do the one thing the Bills couldn't do. If you if you force Mahomes to turn the ball over or someone, then you have a fighting chance in this game. Because I think Cincinnati, like Buffalo really had kind of kept the Chiefs somewhat in check. They had to settle for a couple field goals. Uh, they stuffed them on fourth down. Uh, you know, they made some good plays. And then in the end, it was just like they just stopped playing defense and let Mahomes do whatever he pleased. Um, so if you're Cincinnati, I think you can probably keep up offensively. I, I still don't like the Chiefs defense very much. And I think the wide receiver trio of Cincinnati is better than what Buffalo had. Uh, so they should get some open looks against these crappy corners like fucking Sneed. Uh, and I'm not sure if Matthew's playing either, but that was a huge loss for Kansas City. Um, so Cincinnati, yeah, I, I would guess they're not much of a favorite. I'm not sure what the spread is, but I think they do have a chance if they're uh, able to make Mahomes make mistakes. I defend Kansas City now. Or are we all going to talk about the Bengals? Yeah, go ahead, Newman. Okay, so I I chose Kansas City uh, partly to force Evan into the Rams, uh, which is funny. But the Kansas for Kansas City, I mean, one, they're at home. Arrowhead's a tough place to play for any team. Two, they have Patrick Mahomes. And as much as you Patriots fans hate him, he's unreal. He's unbelievable. Uh, but for me, it's actually the defense that's going to be, you know, the biggest factor in this game. You saw Burrow get sacked nine times. I think if Melvin Ingram and Chris Jones and that whole squad can get make Burrow uncomfortable out there. It's going to be a good day for the Chiefs. But, I mean, what we saw in Week 17, Burrow had 450 yards and four tutties against the Chiefs. So, clearly they didn't do their job. So, I think that's going to be the key, getting some pressure on him, making him make mistakes, getting him, you know, obviously the receiving core, like you said, is much better than what Buffalo has to offer. So, I mean, those corners couldn't even keep up with Gabe Davis. They're not going to keep up with Chase and Higgins and Mixon on the ground. So, I think it's going to be a shootout, uh, but I like the Chiefs at home with the more experienced quarterback in the playoffs. Not to discredit, obviously, Burrow has played in a lot of big games in his life, but I like Mahomes, uh, I like the coaching, so I think the Chiefs will win. And who's your pick? In this Chiefs. KC Cincy game? Yeah. And then I have to go with the Chiefs. Um, I, I just think they're too talented. Um, 
Uh, obviously, Cincinnati's talented, but um, uh, it's, it's the Chiefs, man. Um, it just seems like they're going to be the team of the decade. Um, Mahomes is just on a different level. Um, and you know, when it's grim, be the Grim Reaper. That's so fucking dumb, by the way. Oh, that uh, shit was that shit was elite quote right there. That was awesome. That was dirty. That is an it amazing. Is, it is awesome. But I almost beef. don't believe it's true because it's so awesome. Like, how did Andy Reid just come up with that? I know. I find it hard to believe that he doesn't just talk about cheeseburgers all the time. I was just gonna say, how did he? How did he just not say? Think about the cheeseburger after the game. Like, this man's a good head coach. It's not all just about food. Evan, who's your pick? I'm taking Kansas City as well. I mean, I just can't bet against that offense. I saw somebody say that the trio of uh, Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey is like the best all time. I think that's a legitimate gripe. I mean, they're unstoppable. Unstoppable. You've been right a lot. I'm curious what you're going to do. I'm so, so tempted to take Cincinnati because I just have this weird feeling about them. And I did prior to the yeah. playoffs beginning. I don't know many people who had them going this far. Um, I think and it's I thought, funny that you uh, didn't have them in in the midseason. I know. I know. I still think Kansas City is like – well, that was only because I was trying to stick by the Browns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think Kansas City is beatable. I took Buffalo last week. And I didn't like them coming into the playoffs. I think I'm going to take Cincinnati. Fuck it. I don't have anything to lose at this point. I think there's a legitimate chance they win this game. I think there really is. You're a hater. Bow down to Mahomes, you fucker. I never will. I absolutely never will. I'll root for the Bengals for the rest of my life before I do that. Um, Just a quick note. Um, I don't quite have it up, but our friend Frank, when he did come on this podcast, did make a guarantee um i will have it somewhere oh okay so he said something about the, them so it wasn't a guarantee but he did say that the cincinnati Bengals would be making the super bowl and i believe he had them actually winning the super bowl he did oh wow we'll see if our friend frank is on to something here at a boy frank uh the next game is between evan and dan i'm not sure which one of you would like to go first dan you can go all right so i have why the niners would win um and I think really, if the uh, Niners are going to win this game, it's going to come down to that defense again. Um, I, I mean, you hold Aaron Rodgers to 10 points, you're doing something right. Um, you hold Dallas in through three quarters of football to seven points. Uh, D'Amico Ryans is obviously doing a hell of a job this playoffs. And I think it could continue against the Rams. I mean, it's a division opponent. Uh, you're playing them for the third time. So you usually know an opponent by then. And I think it would be no different for this Niners defense as my roommate over there yells. But anyway, um, I, I, the defense has to play because I don't know if Jimmy G can compete with Matt Stafford if he's just consistently scoring like he was this past weekend. So if the Niners are going to win, you have to pressure uh, Stafford. You got to get him uncomfortable. You got to lock up Cooper cup somehow and also stop the run game. It's, they got a lot of money in betting, so they're yelling right now. But, um, it, yeah, the, the, the Niners defense just has to ball out and try and stop this Rams offense because I don't think the offense can keep up for San Fran. Um, so, for me, um, looking back at these uh, two matchups, I think the Rams uh, have a legitimate shot to win this game, obviously, and uh, the main reason is that Stafford Cup connection. Look back, uh, the first matchup between the two teams this year, he had 11 catches for 122 yards. Then, obviously, the Met Week 18, he had seven catches for 118 yards and a touchdown. He's been doing this all year. Uh, he's done it twice to them this year, gone over 100. I would almost guarantee he goes over 100 against them for the third time uh, this season. So that's number one. I think he's got a legit shot to do that, and that connection seems to be, like, the best in football right now. Uh, two... Uh, Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller, they just allow Raheem Morris to do so much because you can only, you only need to really bring four and you can kind of like let everybody else back up and kind of put that pressure on Jimmy G because you'll know you'll still get the pass rush with those three guys uh, and you'll put pressure on Jimmy to make those throws, which, uh, you know, he really hasn't been fully tested. He's kind of looked bad. I think he's got two touchdowns, five picks in the playoffs. It's been kind of uh, terrible. Uh, so I think that really bodes well for the Rams. And then Jalen Ramsey, like, he's like the one guy like you want on Debo. Like I know Debo's been unstoppable this year, but I would still consider Ramsey to be like the best corner in football. 
Uh, I would take him on my team any day of the week, even though Mike Evans burned him last week. I get that. Um, I still think that that is a nice um, asset. That matchup is a nice asset for the Rams. So uh, those are my three reasons of why the Rams will beat the Niners. I have a couple things, uh, and I'm not sure when the last time Ramsey and Tyree Kill played and what that matchup looked like, but Debo, I think, is the closest thing to Tyree Kill right now in the NFL, and I just don't think that's a good matchup for Ramsey. I, I think that's a win for Debo, and I think it's a win for whoever Cup is or Cup is winning, whoever he gets also. I think both of those guys are going to have big games. But uh, in the, co- the words of great Coach Fish, never three times, I don't see the 49ers winning this one. The Rams won't lose to them three times this year. I got to go with them. Uh, I'm going... Fuck, you already made your pick. Yeah, what the fuck? Oh, I but I didn't say, like, the score. I guess I didn't say a score last time either. Okay. I don't have a fucking score. Yeah. Get your tattoo in silence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Rams. The Rams were my Super Bowl pick to start the year. Uh, I haven't backed down, and I won't back down – I give them one more week before I bow down to the king of the AFC. Um, but I, I think the Rams take this one. Um, I just focused on how the Niners can win. I don't think they'll win. I do have Whoa, the Rams. Back your boys. <laughs> Listen, I picked and I thought it would be very interesting to see how they could win. And I really honestly thought it was going to be ta- how they could beat Tampa Bay. But um, – I think the Rams are just too good. And somebody had the preview how the Niners were going to win. And I thought if Jimmy G's the quarterback, I look like Jimmy G. Might as well do it. Uh, <laughs> reasoning. Dan really just giving himself a pat on the back there. Yeah, no. Um, but I also just want to point out in the preseason, I'm pretty sure I had Chiefs Rams as my Super Bowl and had the Chiefs winning. So, oh, baby. We shall see. Um, real quick, Colin, I would note that Frankie's Super Bowl matchup when he came on the pod a month ago was Bengals Rams. Good thing my preseason was uh was Cleveland Rams. Yeah. yeah. Rams Titans. Okay. Uh does anybody else have anything on this game or should we move on to top ten running backs? Nah. RB's All right. time. We'll do a similar format as last week. We'll just go by uh, numerical order here. Shout out your answer. Uh, we'll go me, Evan, Dan, Newman. So number one, and this is based off just this year. Uh, I have Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. I have Jonathan Taylor. Thank God it wasn't Eckler. I kind of thought you might, Newman. <laughs> uh, number two for me, Joe Mixon. Austin Eckler. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is a worthy number two. I, I will agree with that. Number three, I have Najee Harris. Joe Mixon. Derek Henry. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I have Austin Eckler. A fucking sin. Dan, defend yourself. All right. So this man played half the NFL season. This guy has roughly the same amount of attempts that some running backs finished the year with. He almost finished with a thousand yards and had 10 touchdowns in half of a season. If this guy played a full season and I know he didn't, and we're going off of this season, this guy was going to be the MVP. This guy was going to finish with a shit ton of rushing yards and a shit ton of rushing touchdowns. He was averaging like 4.3 yards a carry. This man absolutely deserves to be one of the top running backs in this list. Absolutely. Uh, I, I just, he didn't play enough this year. Even when he played, he was the best player in football. It doesn't matter. When he was playing, he was the best player in football. He was going to be the MVP as a running back. Well, I don't think any of us are denying that. that yeah. He was going to be the MVP. I, no, I wouldn't have locked him in as MVP. But I, I will say he was definitely the best player I, on the field when he was playing. Yeah, so I would. I, I, I think it I'll say, I'll say, I was talking to Dan before you two, two hopped in the call. I, I made the decision to to value the the healthy running backs on this list. So I have Derrick Henry at 10 because it would be a sin not to put him on this list. But had I just threw away the healthy side, I would have put Derrick Henry in my top three. That guy was fucking unbelievable in the first half. Yeah, I valued health as well, Newman. That's why I value talent. A bit surprised at Dan's wow. uh, Derrick Henry at three. But, I mean, you make a good case. I can't disagree with you, but. 
difference of opinion, I suppose. Uh, number four, Nick Chubb for me. Najee Harris. Uh, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Number five, I have Austin Eckler. Nick Chubb. Austin Eckler. Dalvin Cook. Number six, I have Dalvin Cook. James Conner. Dalvin Cook. I have Najee. James Conner did not make my top ten. I Likewise. look at it from the perspective of that he did have, I believe, 14, 15 touchdowns. Yeah, in like playing. week 13. And then he just stopped playing. Well, Edmonds did come back. That When he was playing time, I don't know why Cliff didn't play Conner more down the stretch. That was puzzling to me. And James Conner was also a threat in the, uh, in the back, out of the backfield, uh, catching passes. He had a game where he went over um, 100. I also, I did value... Um, big time performances, and he had a game where he, I mean, I think he had four touchdowns, like over about forty five fantasy points. So I valued like kind of big games. Like Cook had a big, like one big game against Pittsburgh. Like you got to kind of value, I think, the guys who did it, um, who kind of put on shows. I guess you could say. Now I, th- I thought James Conner at one point this year was putting on a show. He was getting in the end zone at will. I think you got to value that. I I would hope that he is in everybody's top ten because he's quite deserving himself. Well. My argument to that is uh, when Connor was getting in the end zone at will, any Arizona Cardinal was getting in the end zone at will. And second of all, flashiness. Who gives a fuck about that, dude? Give me someone who's going to run 100 yards a game every single game. This is about consistency. It's a league of consistency. No, no, you agreed with Dan's point. I think flashiness and talent kind of coexist. Dan never said anything about flashy or No, he said talent. He said he values the talented running backs. I think flashiness and talent kind of coincide a little bit. Someone who's able to take over a game and, and, you know, get in the end zone four times in a game. If James Conner can take over a game, then why did he disappear? That was a decision. He also got – he was hurt at one point, and Cliff brought back Edmonds in a role that I I disagreed with. I think Conner at one point was – was a legitimate top 10, uh, which I maybe fantasy running back, but not he was making an impact. He was making an impact with Edmonds in there. No way that he would have had that success. Go ahead. James Connor for the season had 202 carries for 752 yards for only 3.7 yards a carry while having the 15 touchdowns. But I think that is merely because Arizona last season couldn't run the ball when they're on the one yard line. I think as soon as this passing offense got down to the one yard line, they just gave them the ball 3.7 yards of carry for what is our consensus um, is the worst out of the top 10 that we have. Um, so not as flashy or talented as you may think. I want Listen. Uh, no, no disrespect to my former first round fantasy pick Kenyon Drake, who could not punch it in at the one last year. Fuck you. <laughs> I think Connor had a great season, and I think he should be a top ten running back. I'm not. I'm not going to back season, off that. Dude, he ran for 750. Colin, because he was in a split backfield. All right, well, and he you didn't two, play. Well, you so are some of these up. other guys. So, so are some of these other guys. Here's Nick Chubb plays in this, the best split backfield in the NFL. Well, Hunt was hurt for the whole year. Doesn't right, matter. Well, Dearness right. Johnson comes on the scene. No. All right. Oh. While okay, you two fine. get marriage counseling, I want to chat real quick because he has 3.7 yards per carry. Can we talk about you guys having Najee in your top three or four with 3.9 yards per carry? <laughs> well, look at what he does on the receiving side. We, we had 300 attempts. 300 attempts, and he wasn't even putting up big numbers. I think if you when you run the ball that much, it kind of deflates the numbers personally. But Well, the average theory, at least. Well, in theory, it shouldn't because – for every carry, you should just be getting four yards to get four yards a carry. But anyway, I think part of it is blamed on that Pittsburgh offensive line being really bad. Um, it, uh, Najee was very talented, but like we saw with Ben, he's just not enough protection and same thing in the run game, just not enough open holes for him to run through. Um, and he was very effective out of the backfield, um, even though I have not listed him yet off my list. What are we on? Seven? Yeah. Seven. Leonard Fournette. One or four This is where Najee comes off my list. I have James Conner here. Hey, you may have one behind me. You won't get any hate. I, uh, you guys just, they just pissed on me for debating it. So I'm not going to say anything. He's Number eight. <laughs> Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I Dalvin Cook here. Damian Harris. Damian Harris. I thought about him. I thought about, I thought him. about him too. Uh, number nine, I have Derrick Henry. Henry. Ezekiel Elliott. 
This guy still had a thousand yards and I'm pretty sure 10 touchdowns or 12 touchdowns, or actually it was 15 touchdowns, I believe. So he was still a very effective running back for Dallas as much as we believe Tony Pollard may be better. Yes, I agree. I I would maybe bet money that Pollard had double for average per carry. I'll look at I think Pollard led the league and with 6.1, maybe not double, but I don't think Zeke's above four would be my guess. And I think it was only 10 touchdowns. But anyways, number that 10. Is wrong about the yards per carry for Zeke not being over four, but I will get the full stats in a minute. Okay. Uh, what was it then? Give me a minute. Okay. With that old line, he should have been over four. Yeah. Uh, number 10 for me was Antonio Gibson. Uh, Mitchell. Uh, at 10, I had Elijah Mitchell. Uh, here was my Derrick Henry slash Ezekiel Elliott spot. I mean, I would return to the James Conner debate. <laughs> this spot isn't even an hour long. Elliott's 4.2. Yes. Yeah, so the Dallas stats, Zeke had 237 carries for 1,002 yards, 10 touchdowns, 4.2 yards a carry. Uh, he had 47 receptions for 287 yards and two touchdowns. Tony Pollard had 130 carries for 719 yards, two touchdowns, 5.5 yards a carry. He had 39 receptions for 337 yards and no touchdowns receiving. Yeah, I just think Pollard's better than Zeke. Two fumbles to Zeke's one fumble, if that means anything. I'm shocked Zeke only fumbled once. Didn't he have a terrible year last year fumbling the football? Yeah, like five or six, I think. Yeah, I got nothing else besides uh, my distaste. Well, I just I, I would just add, I think it's funny. On the couch, I revealed my top ten to you, and you were like, that's very good. And then he comes on the pod and just rips me. Well, I, the asshole. only pick I ripped was the James Conner. I don't think you even had James Conner in on the couch. No, I did You said you were thinking about adding him. You didn't have him at six. I, I, know I, that I, I read my top ten out to you. I don't think you had Conner. I, I did. Anyway. All right, get a room, you two. What's, uh, Dan, do we decide what's next? Were we going to do corners? Oh, yeah. So I wanted to pose the question, should we keep going? Uh, in the order, just kind of how everything's listed. Should we go receiver next, or should we flip it to the defensive side of the ball and do cornerbacks? Receiver. We'll just. I think receiver. we should just go right through the offense and then flip to the D. Okay. Sure. Receivers will be next week. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Fuck you, Connor and Dan, for not letting Evan and I debate. We will continue this. <laughs> Peace. Later. Peace. Put your tears away, ain't no fear today You can drive off towards that summertime sunset The sweat you ain't done yet, take the keys, leave the regrets Write your letters, place your bets, I'll be the one who accepts